It's every daily fantasy football player's dream to take down that big GPP tournament. Now admittedly, the odds are very low, but we have some proven strategies that will increase those odds some, and we'll disclose them next. Hello everyone, I'm Eric Lee. And I'm Gary Kurtzman, and we are the Fantasy Football Consultants. Eric and I started Fantasy Football Consultants a year ago because, great news for us, we retired. What did we retire from? Well, we either headed or worked in the analytical modeling groups of Fortune 50 companies, so there's a tremendous amount of modeling skills that we can bring to bear on our passion. No, not our careers, on our passion, which is the NFL football and specifically daily fantasy sports. Yeah, we've been playing uh, fantasy football for over 25 years, and uh, so we know football, and we can geek out with the numbers of the best of them, and he's a stat major, I'm an accounting major. Uh, it has all been covered in this NFL DFS Masterclass, and we are in the last class of the nine-part series. Uh, it is all about proven strategies in GPP play. Uh, if you haven't yet, uh, hit that red subscriber button, and do a a big favor right now and smash that like button. Gary, it's a little emotional. We're on our last GV, last uh, master class, <laughs> and we're talking about probably the most difficult topic to be successful in, which is those big GPP tournaments. Oh man, the odds are low, but the payouts are high, folks. This is where the real money happens. So, the most popular GPP tournaments are the ones we will reference most often in this video are the 10x multiplier. That is to say, you can get 10 times the money you bet, but you have to finish in the top 8.5% of all the lineups so you can interpolate from that what the rake is, folks. Yeah, and that's probably the most conservative of all of the uh, GPP tournaments. Yeah, and, and, uh, and you know, for starters for GPP, that's not bad because... Uh, getting in the top 8.5%, you can almost think of it like a stepping stone to get to the big kahuna, which is the million-dollar maker, whether you're on DraftKings or whether you're on FanDuel. If you are the top, I don't mean the top one-half of 1%. I mean the top, tippy-tippy-tippy top lineup, the number one, you will, in fact, guaranteed to be a millionaire. Big stuff, Eric. Yeah, that sounds so great. That's what they did on all those old commercials. I'm like, I just put in one lineup and I won a million dollars, you know. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, they didn't interview the other hundreds of thousands of people who lost. Yeah, so, exactly, uh, exactly. And, you know, the name of the game here, folks, the name of the game is you got to pick high ceiling players and you got to have a lineup that has high volatility because you got to separate yourself from the pack and you got to have a lineup where basically, folks, everybody hits. You want to be that millionaire maker, that has got to happen for you. Eric and I are going to tell you how to do it. Yeah, and I would say the very first thing they need to do to be successful in GPP is know the tournament you enter in. Look, DraftKings and FanDuel discloses their payout of all of their tournaments. It's right there. Most people don't read it like, oh, whatever. I'm, it sounds good. The winner wins this amount. I'm going for it. Yep. Right? So we're going to break down both FanDuel and DraftKings Million Maker Tournament and show you, as an example, uh, it's, it's an extreme example because uh, uh, but of what the payout structure is. So the first thing that I want to point out on the Million Maker is the minimum cash play. Um, it pays out roughly both FanDuel and DraftKings 23% 
of the entries. That sounds good, right? Oh, well, all I have to do is be in the top 23%. Really great. Look at the payout, folks. Uh, we're looking at 1.5 for, uh, for DraftKings and yeah. less than 1.5 for FanDuel. It's worse than 50-50 payout. And 50-50, you can be in the top 50%. So although it's nice, I mean, it's better than getting nothing, um, but that's not why you play GPP to finish just in the top 23%. Gary, if you finish in the thousandth place, how does that payout work? Uh, okay, so first of all, let's talk about what it means to finish in the thousands place out of 529,000 entries. You, you, you are in the top 99.8%. Oh, by the way, that payout for top, tw- top 20 basis points in DraftKings, top 40 basis points in FanDuel, 10 to 1. 10 to 1 on DraftKings. Oh, by the way, 4 to 1 on FanDuel. That's it. That, that, that doesn't make you a millionaire. You're not betting a quarter of a million dollars to get a four to one payout. You just finished better than 99.8 or 99.6% of the people and you got a 10 to one payout or a four to one payout. That, if that doesn't tell you how hard it is to win life-changing money in this millionaire maker uh, you know, contest, Eric, I don't know what does. You've rained on my parade. I guess I shouldn't play GPP, but I know many of you are thinking. If you put your mind to it, accomplish anything. <laughs> it's the lottery concept, Gary. I think people love having that uh, dream. Now, I have to admit, you can tell me how you feel. Because of these statistics, I simply stay away from the million maker. I don't play it. I admit, I just don't play it. I do. Uh, yeah. Uh, there are GPP. Just saying. There are other GPP tournaments that have much more flatter. And like we talked about, you can play 10x. So if you're new and you want to like dip your way in rather than diving into the deep pool, uh, uh, you know, I would choose another tournament. But, you know, I know That's many of you... That's not why I play. The way yeah. I play is I, I'm paying for the dream. Yeah. I'm paying for the dream. I'm paying for the million dollars and the... Show me the money. Oh, baby, come on. When I'm watching that NFL game, which has got three of my players, because you got to stack, folks. We'll cover that later. And I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, if everything breaks right in that game, then I've still got the dream of being an instant millionaire. Man, that's worth the price of admission what? right there to me. While you're having the dream, just listen to all the other people who uh, didn't win. Now, given those long odds, what should you be doing to improve those odds? The first thing that you need to do is making sure you're picking the right contest. And in one of the picking the right contests is search for tournaments that have overlay. So what does that mean? Gary, you can look and see um, in a GPP tournament, which by the way stands for guaranteed prize pool. What does that mean? That means no matter what, they're guaranteed to pay out those prizes. So if a tournament doesn't fill up, then uh, that increases uh, your odds. And you can look on FanDuel and DraftKings an hour, 30 minutes before to see how many entries there are. Now, I want to disclose that a lot of times people, other people are looking for these bargains and it's amazing how much they fill up at the, at the last minute. But if you can see that uh, they're getting close to that deadline then, uh, and it's still you know, only 60% filled, that's probably a great opportunity uh, to take advantage of it. Again, when you're talking about an overlay, it means they pay out 
more than people are paying uh, in. And the best tournament, then, therefore, to enter for that, a free tournament. Uh, so every now and then, DraftKings and FanDuel will offer uh, a free tournament, especially yeah, at the now beginning. Why would that be? It seems like they're just you know literally giving away free money. Why? why yeah. Do they, do that? Well, first of all, the payouts are low, <laughs> but still, if it's free, it's, uh, it's okay. And, and they usually do it at the beginning of the year to entice people to. To, to play and get them yeah, uh, drama business. Uh, get them excited. For guys like me dream about being a millionaire. Yeah, but shame, shameless plug alert. Uh, we here at the Fantasy Football Consultants offer free tournaments during the year. Uh, uh, Guaranteed but, prize pool too. We yeah. pay out no matter yeah. what. Yes. So we we did exhaustive analysis. Um, in our earlier master's class by position. You want to check out those videos for yourself. But at a high level, Gary, let's go through each position uh, as far as if you're playing GPP, what type of player are you trying to target? Well, let's start us off at quarterback. What's... Well, look, a quarterback, Gary, you're looking for a mid-range, somewhere in the, say, QB6 to QB15 range. And why do I say that? I say that because at QB... You just can't afford to go up to the top, but you need to make sure that you get a decent quarterback because you want to save your money a little bit so you can spend it elsewhere, elsewhere specifically running back and wide receiver. And again, we go into much, much more detail about quarterbacks in our Picking the Right Quarterback video as part of our DFS Masters class. Just like we do, we go into a heck of a lot more detail to give you the complete strategy for all the positions in the various positional DFS Masters class video, so please look out for that. But to continue this high-level synopsis, let's talk about running back. Uh, you almost can't afford not to pay up for a bell car running back, but because you don't have unlimited amount of money, what the heck do you do with the other, run, at least one running back, if not two for flex? And that is, you got to find a cheaper guy, but Eric, here's the thing. you got to find a cheaper guy who's going to get at least 15 touches. It, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, a magic number, statistically speaking, because again, you got to get somebody who, albeit is cheaper, but has that high ceiling, and it's, it's almost impossible to get the high enough ceiling if it is less than 15 touches. So you want a running back who gets a lot of touches, which is a little dangerous in the Me Too era. All right, so let's, uh, let's talk about wide receivers. So with wide receivers, you're looking in G, for GPP of high air yards. You're looking for guys like Deshaun Jackson. You're looking for guys like T.Y. Hilton. You're looking for a guy like Tyreek Hill. These are the guys who often, when they blow up, they really blow up. And that's what you need to do really well uh, in a tournament. So that's what you want to target at wide receiver. So what do you want to target a tight end? Now... Tight end, now we're getting into positions where obviously you're paying a lot less money, the salary bands are lower, they're more volatile, quite frankly, because there's a heck of a lot less tight ends out there that have a high ceiling, so there's positional scarcity. What are you looking for there? Actually, the number one factor you want, again, NFL land of opportunity is most touches. Right, you would love to get the touchdown dependent tight ends that get the biggest share of their, uh, their team's targets inside the 10 yard line. Not the 20, not the red zone, the 10 yard line. But ultimately, the most statistically correlated for tight ends is high targets. Interestingly enough, you also want somebody that comes from a team that plays at home and is favored. It's, that from a statistical standpoint, you have higher ceilings for tight end as home favorites relative to the other three categories, away and underdogs, than any other position. How about a defense, Gary? What should they be looking for if they're GPP play? For defense deep? is the toughest one. And, most um, volatility. You got the most volatility and uh, almost by extension the least predictability. You also, 
uh, pay the lowest. So I just got the smallest salary bands. It, it is a completely viable option to punt the defensive position. What I mean, it doesn't mean don't pick a defense. It just means it, it, it's reasonable to make sure that you've solidified your entire lineup and picked all the positions and then see how much money you have left over for defense. Obviously, you got to have at least enough money left to pick the lowest value one. But because it's so tough to predict, you know, you're better off punting the position and just worrying about a potential, uh, you know, including as a potential stacking strategy later, which we will talk about. In a few minutes. Yeah, you got to check out the defense show. We do go into more detail. I mean, you could potentially have three or four defenses at the bottom. So how do you pick between them? We talk about it all in the, the defense show. If you like our content, there's two easy ways to support the show. The first is smash that like button. And the second is you can hit the red subscriber button followed by the bell icon to be notified of our future shows. And during the season, we're going to be filming two shows, one for DraftKings and one for FanDuel, with our recommendations for cash game lineups and what we're talking about today, GPP play. So let's get right back into it, Gary, and talking about the different strategies to succeed in your lineup for GPP. The magic word for the top strategy to succeed in GPP is correlation. Or a different magic word, stacking, because that's how you achieve your correlation. So, Eric. Right. In deciding what players to stack, <laughs> it should be the ones that are correlated. Yeah. And so here's the deal. What we did is there's a, a lot of rigorous statistical analysis behind breaking down all the different positional combinations that you could use for stacking. And we broke them into four tiers. I'll talk to you about the first two tiers. So the time, in fact, there's one that is more, one combination of players that is more correlated, meaning they have a, basically a higher chance of blowing up together. One does really well, the other does really well than any other, and that is your quarterback with the same team's wide receiver one. Yep. Okay. Now that's also, by the way, the most popular stack. Okay, so we'll talk about other potential stacking combinations because you do want to separate yourself from the pack. The second tier, in other words, different positional com uh, combinations that have almost as much um, correlation as that and better ways to separate yourself from the pack, there are three, and I think one of them is going to be surprising. First of all, a quarterback with the same team's wide receiver, two. It's surprising how correlated when a quarterback does well, a wide receiver two does really well. And especially, Eric, it can sometimes be predictable, especially if, say, the wide receiver one is uh, either hampered by an injury but playing or is facing a shutdown corner. Those are two uh, pretty good examples of where a wide receiver two is going to be more volatile, tends to get more opportunities. So that's a good reason. Uh, those are good games to stack QB wide receiver two. Also, QB wide receiver one from the other team. Yep. Why? Because, hey, if a quarterback is doing really well, the passing game is doing really well, and they're scoring, Eric, the other team has to catch up. Yep. So they probably are going to be passing too, and that passing is going to be to their wide receiver one. So no real surprise that those two are very heavily correlated. It is a very strong correlation, almost as strong as QB wide receiver one on the same team, with a quarterback running back. Uh, stack now. So Gary, is it all running backs? No, not at all. But most people, it, it's amazing to me how little this stacking strategy is used relative to how powerful it can be. There is one huge caveat when you're making the stack, and that is this: the running back needs to get at least five targets per game. So a target obviously is a passing, not a running. So. 
there's a reason why we don't want to spend much time talking about the bronze medal. We're really dropping uh, down down here. But you you can look uh, to stacking a QB uh, with a wide receiver three, our, our QB, and a tight end. It's just not as strong as those previous tiers. And then finally, uh, barely even want to talk about it because you probably won't uh, be uh, using many of them, except one, which is uh, in tier four, uh, the running back in defense, because that particular uh, stack does not prohibit you from stacking the other players that we, uh, we talked about. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the attributes at these positions that make up the very best stacks. Yeah, so at quarterback, when you're, most of the stacks we talked about involve the quarterback. And uh, what type of quarterback do you would like to use? So for stacking, you shouldn't use one where it gets most of it or production in the running game. So, so, Mar- so sorry, Josh Allen. Sorry, uh, uh, Alexander. Um, the Lamar Jackson, excuse me, uh, you're not going to be a part of this act. You want a passing uh, quarterback, the classic ones, the Breeze, the Bradys, um, because they're going to be more correlated to performance mm-hmm. of a wide receiver. At running back, remember, as Gary said, we want to stack a pass-catching running back. So you got to remember what I just said. So the, it's not only getting picking a running back that is a pass-catching uh, back, but you want one with a quarterback that throws the ball, which is at least in their heyday, although I think this year Cam Newton may be running less. Uh, that makes McCaffrey not quite as good a stack, uh, the Newton-McCaffrey, as a Breeze and a Kamara. And uh, as whatever the corpse uh, that uh, Eli Manning is and, and Barkley, because Barkley is a sensational uh, guy to, to, to stack. So if you, you feel like you got one where you can roll the dice on Eli Manning, then uh, he's a, a great option. And as Gary mentioned, Brady and James White. So for wide receivers... The best attribute to pick for stacking purposes is if they're touchdown dependent. So what does touchdown dependent mean, Eric? Well, it's simply who gets the highest percentage share of the passes within the 10-yard line, not the red zone, not within the 20-yard line. Okay, the statistical magic happens when they get the percent share of passes within the 10-yard line. Now, why would that be? Why are we talking about touchdown dependent? We talked about high air yards, right, being, being a great attribute for receivers in GPP, and it's true. You want the guy with high air yards, but there's a combination of some of those guys also getting the inside the 10 looks, and they are so stackable and have so much higher ceilings than everybody else. Those are the guys you want if you can pay up for them. If you have the salary band and GPP is what you're looking for. Gary, it's just so hard to get what we call GPP value uh, without getting a touchdown as a wide receiver. Yeah. Especially on FanDuel. It's the scoring system, right? I mean, we haven't really talked about um, the running back defense stack. Okay, and, I, and it's a fairly self-evident point that if your running back is doing well and chewing up the clock and your team is scoring points, then you, the other team's got to catch up. They're passing the ball. Your defense can peer in their ears back and rush the quarterback, and lots of good things can happen in fantasy if your defense has the opportunity to do that over and over again. Just make sure, okay, from a predictability standpoint, what defense a priori before the game start, what defense is going to be in the best position to be playing from ahead and rush that quarterback and get the sacks, hopefully get the strip sack, fumbles, take one to the house, or get the interception again, take him one to the house. It, it, you have to be more than a three-and-a-half-point favorite, Eric. It, it, the, the correlation, it's almost like an exponential curve, and if you're a favorite of three points or less, 
it, it, it isn't much better. They're, the odds are not that much more than 50% that they're going to win. It almost functions like a pick them uh, game. So just make sure they're, they're heavily favored. Yeah, in your lineup, you have two running backs or potentially three uh, if you use one in the, the flex. Don't force it. <laughs> First, pick your running backs based on everything we said on how you should pick your running backs for GPP. Yeah. But if it happens to work out that you, uh, you can uh, pair a defense that has the good attributes with that running back and that, they, that team that, with, that you have the defense and the running back as favorites, and Very good. defense is so volatile, you're picking them last anyway. So having that as a stack with a running back is not a bad idea. Just like Eric said, pick the running backs first. But we've talked about two-player stats, Eric. Is there any way that you know three or more player stats work? Yeah, you can do three, but that's it, folks. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard of too much Whoa. of a good thing? <laughs> okay. So I'm against picking four players in the same game. Yeah, there's only one football. Yeah, uh, because remember, we're going for a high ceiling. And, you know, uh, uh, I, I think you, but I think especially if it's a big uh, over-under, you can absolutely do a, a three-player stack. Now, my personal favorite of a three-player stack is to go with a QB, uh, a wide receiver, that meets the attributes we talk about that you want to stack, which is maybe a touchdown-dependent uh, player, maybe a wide receiver two, with the other team's opposing wide receiver one, Gary. Uh, and you're hoping for a shootout. Well, that's right. And the, the one football comment, right, that only applies to one team at a time. So if you've got a shootout and you've got a three-player stack with two on one team and one on the other, you, you're not forcing it. You don't have three people on one team because only one or if you have a quarterback, two can score. Right, so that definitely solves their problem. All right, so we talked a lot about positive correlation, Eric. Let's talk just a little bit about negative correlation. We talked about the do's, talked about the don'ts. What don't you want to do when you stack? Yeah, real briefly, uh, if you're playing GPP, you do not want to have any of these combinations because they're negatively correlated. Uh, A QB and their opposing defense, uh, that's the worst one. The second tier of worst is a running back one and an opposing defense. Uh, third is a wide receiver one and an opposing defense. And then the other is two wide receivers of running backs on the same team. It, you know, Gary, why is that, in a nutshell, bad? Well, in a nutshell, it's bad because they, they can't both do well at the same time. If one of those, no matter what stacking... You were yeah. just talking about yeah. with that one pairing. If one guy does well, the other guy's likely not to do well. And remember, in GPP, you're not just looking for these guys to go well, do well. You're looking for them yeah. to go off. And they all have to go off. <laughs> they all have one position. They right. literally, if you want to win that million bucks, folks, you're hitting on everything. Yeah. Not just some of them. Well, Gary kind of talked a little bit about it before. In GPP, you want to be contrarian. That doesn't mean doing wacky picks all down the line being contrarian, (laughs) but being strategically contrarian by using a couple of techniques. Gary, want to start it off? What's your favorite uh, contrarian technique? So my favorite contrarian technique is so many people, and we see this with the, the Million Maker Contest, we see it with the 10X Contest, so many people shy away from the elite all all pro wide receiver one if they're going against a shutdown corner. I get it. I yeah. get it. Shutdown the, corners. They're shut down. Their name shutdown corner for a reason. The other thing I think people shy away from there, especially on DraftKings, right on the face, it says how they do against that particular position. And if they see first or second, you know, it's, it, they're like, "Well, I'm going elsewhere." 
Sure. So it's either it's either shine away from the elite receiver on a shutdown corner or shine away from the elite receiver on a shutdown defense as a whole, the number one or number two passing defense in that example. And I get it. I totally get it. But here's the deal. Okay, it's in the baseball analogy, it'd be like good pitching beats good hitting and vice versa, to quote Yogi Berra, right? Hey, sometimes the receiver wins. Shutdown corners, they're not shut down all the time. The passing defense, even the Legion of Boom gave up 28 or more points every once in a while. And the best chance for a shutdown corner to give up a lot of points, or it was called a shutdown defense to give up a lot of points, is against the elite all-pro receiver. Look, you got to separate yourself from the pack. you got to take chances. Why not take chances on Antonio Brown or Tyreek Hill or Julio Jones or, you know, Devontae Adams? If you're not going to take a chance on those guys, who would you? And if you can do it when you know a priori before the game start that most people aren't picking those guys because they do face a shutdown corner or defense, and we've seen it year in, year out, it's so consistent how much people shy away from those guys in the stacking. Man, it is so worthwhile for you to separate yourself from the pack and just bet on that big gun wide receiver. People see people whether someone is listed on the injury part right on the face of DraftKings and FanDuel, and... The public is scared of it. <laughs> They're going to stay away from guys that are listed as questionable. Remember, a couple of years ago, they got rid of the probable tag, and it's unclear whether someone's questionable, whether they really are true questionable, or they're listed as probable. You have to see later in the week, and maybe all the way up in the game time, if that person is playing. And on a GPP tournament, you might be able to get a really quality player who is going to play, who's at a real low ownership, because he was listed on that injury report, especially a quarterback. Because a, a, a quarterback who plays, at least one that's a non-running quarterback, uh, who's playing, uh, it, it, the fact he was on the injury report is irrelevant, really, as long as he's playing. Because he, the team wouldn't play him unless uh, he was healthy enough to throw the ball. So one other thing is this. It's a small point to make, but it's an important one. Please avoid groupthink. So what do I mean by avoid groupthink? Make your own lineup first. Make your lineup based on what you think, based on your research, before you listen to the experts. Why? Because the experts are what most people are going to be following. And hopefully you've picked the right experts, whether it's us or somebody else, who gives you good advice based on statistical modeling and solid acumen and research. But nonetheless, the fact of the matter is experts exist so that people can follow them. It's not a bad idea, but if you do that with every single position in your entire lineup, then you can't separate yourself from the pack. So what's the best thing to do? The best thing to do, think about it on your own. And then you can adjust your lineup based on something an expert says that you think really resonates. But that will keep you away from having the same total lineup as a lot of other people. Yeah, another great way to uh, be contrarian is simple anti-recency bias. The public... Has a very short-term memory. How many times, Gary, in different fantasy leagues have we heard, oh, this guy sucks because <laughs> he, he, he had a couple bad games. Oh, this guy's awesome. Look how great he did. Look at that awesome game he did. And the public runs over there, right? So especially in the categories that we talked about, when you're seeking a wide receiver with high air yards, there's a lot of volatility there. When you're tight in, there's a lot of volatility. Defense is a lot of volatility. So as long as you think that this is a capable player, all because he's had a bad game, uh, come off a couple of bad games, go for him in uh, GPP. And this is hugely important now. Keep checking the GPP results. Look, FanDuel and DraftKings update the results in real time. And, you know, it, it's 
whether you're in a million maker contest or a 10x contest, whether the size of your contest is relatively small or large, you gotta know, folks, where you stand after a lot of the NFL games are played. If you can take advantage of a situation in some way, it's your duty as an American to do it. The, the systems allow you to do this late swap that Gary's talking about. So it's a tool in your tool belt. Use it! Exactly, because what? Let's face it, in GPP, if you're not tracking to be in the top 1% or better, you need a Hail Mary, right? I mean, it's that simple. You've got to be better than just about everybody else. So the late game swap where you're putting in a player that you know has extraordinarily low ownership. Yeah. Now, does that oftentimes mean that there's a relatively low chance that he's going to go off? Of course it does. But that's the nature of the Hail Mary, Eric, is you have to, at all costs, separate yourself from the pack, even more so if through the morning games on Sunday you are not tracking anywhere close to that top 1%. Yeah, because in the ma- most of the tournaments are in that main slate, so it's only the morning and the afternoon games. But remember, the disproportionate number of games are in the morning. So if you check toward the end of the morning game, you will notice that you have a pretty good picture of how you're doing so you can adjust your strategy. Absolutely. We started this channel a year ago, so we're still building out our football community. And it would really help us out if you could, if you liked what you saw, share it. Share it with your friends. Share the link with your league mates. And not only that, but share comments with us. We'd love for this to be as interactive as possible. We're a small channel. We really do check the comments and respond to just about everyone, certainly everyone we possibly can. We'd love to hear from you. You got the comment bar right under this video. Tell us what strategies that we talked about that you really like, that you've used successfully. Heck, you can even tell us that there's a strategy that you used that didn't work for you, that you didn't particularly like. Or if you think that there's a good point that maybe that we didn't mention, please go ahead and mention it to us. We want all that feedback because the more feedback and the more interactive this channel it is, the better it is for everybody. Gay, I'm blown away by uh, our audience just in our first year, how knowledgeable they are. To be honest, we learn from you guys as well. We don't always have all the, uh, the answers. So we, there, there are many times that people make some great comments uh, in our comment section. And uh, again, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll recognize that uh, if, you, if you do so. So, Gary, this is a little bit emotional. We began this, this uh, master class nine class series. We are at the end of the, the session, and as long as you have gone in order, congratulations. You have won the Fantasy Football Consultants Master Class Daily Fantasy Football Degree. They've graduated from the DFL Master's <laughs> Class. Congratulations. I love well, it. Uh, Gary, I'd like to thank you as a fellow professor of the university. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to, to go through uh, this. It was, a, it, was a, it was a great opportunity to do a deep dive of all the details and discuss it with you. Absolutely. It's been a lot of fun to do it with you. It's been a lot of fun to do all the rigorous analysis and the, the days and weeks and months of modeling that we did to support all the points we're talking about and finally just to you the viewer we'd like to say thank you because the bottom line is you've invested your time in watching us and the end result is we want to make you a lot of money so until however 
If you did not watch these classes in order, we're taking your diploma away <laughs> because you need to go back. You have a couple of options. If you are more on the beginner side and you want to watch it from the very beginning, beginning and including the uh, picking your own contest class right after it, click over here. If you want to go straight to all of these selection classes where we go quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and then defense for the specific strategies by position, click right over here. We hope to see you in our regular season shows, and until then, we'll see you next time. See you next time.